welcome to Base Camp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is a show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. What is the current measure of a man? We've all grown up with all sorts of cultural imprints around this. The macho tough guy, the stud athlete, the alpha male and high achiever and blah, blah, blah. I'm so bored with these guys. And to a certain extent, we've all been asked to accept that the measure of a man is about his status and how much money he brings in, as well as what sort of house he lives in or what kind of family he comes from. Everything is meant to put you in some sort of imaginary pecking order. But things are changing. The conversations that men are having about men is taking how we measure ourselves into a new arena, one with more heart and soul and more breathing room for all of us. The new measure doesn't exclude the high-status former alpha male. It's just requiring him to right-size his ego and stop making everything about him and his image. We have outgrown the old measure. This much is clear. The new measure will show that men are capable of a lot more than just being status ponies. I'm excited to talk to my guest today as he is an expert on the inner lives of men and is helping to create this new measure that I'm speaking of. Jeff Pereira has been speaking for over 12 years to audiences and teams across North America about helping men end gender-based violence, modeling healthy ideas of manhood, and empathy building. Jeff started HigherUnlearning.com to explore how ideas of manhood impact all of us, and he has delivered two TEDx talks and contributes opinion pieces for the Huffington Post. Here is my interview with Jeff Pereira. All right. I am here with Jeff Pereira, writer and one of the voices in the men's movement, Jeff Pereira. Jeff, welcome to Base Camp for Men. I've been looking forward to talking to you. Thanks for having me. It's great to have this opportunity to chat with you. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I've been watching your your works ever since the uh, uh, What Makes a Man conference, um, and I wanted to start. I saw on your on your e-sig you had a quote there from Be- the writer Bell Hooks that said, "Quote: Men cannot change if there are no blueprints for change. Love is vital to maleness, to the spiritual and emotional wholeness men seek." Unquote. I just. This is such a great message. Uh, you know, it's ironic that it's a woman that wrote it um, for mm. men on behalf of men. But what, what does the quote mean to you that you would have it included in your emails? I think, you know, for a lot of us as men, we get uh, people of all genders. This is the case. But with men, there are particular messages we get ideas of what we should be or shouldn't be like more of this, be better, do better, you know, and that comes from all sides and all spaces and places. So I think. One of the challenges is we hear a lot of what we should be doing, but we don't have examples of what that looks like. You know, so I describe that as models of possibility. So, you know, what is possible for us as men? And that, you know, living examples in your own life. Like you might have people that you aspire to be like, um, you know, there's celebrities or authors, people that, you know, you've consumed or read their work or watched them speak, but you don't have that person in your real life that you can have a conversation with and moreover it's not just what people say it's also how they do what they do just watching someone navigate a room or how they handle a conversation or handle conflict or handle everyday situations right so I think that part of that for me is um, the examples and the models of you know what wholeness looks like what you know love looks like for men so I think that's that's a big part of it I think in our journey as men is having those examples. 
Absolutely. I think it's, it's the, the quote also points that there's a part of our hero's journey as a tribe of men. How do we, how do we become better lovers? Meaning in the, in the biggest aspect of the word love and lover, you know, how do we, how do we grow in, in our collective heart space? We've not been given a good blueprint in that way. If we were raised in a good way, you know, maybe there was a little bit of a compass on, you know, it's really in your heart, but we've been given such you know, a, a different sort of uh, narrative about what makes a man, right? Um, and and some of these traits have not been shown to us or shown as possibilities for us. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree. And I want I wanted to ask you 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 talked about the measure of a man. Um, what what have been the measures for us as men? And is there a different measure? that has more possibility or upliftment or, or how do we frame the measure of a man given that it's come from, you know, one paradigm and into the next, what, what has been the measure in your eyes up till now? I think that, you know, for, from different walks of life and different cultures and spaces for men, the, we have some things that are in common and some universal traits. Right. And I think that the measure of a man in different spaces and different generations is really uh, around what he owns, what he can demonstrate, or what he can produce. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? But really, it, it kind of breaks us down to we are measured our value, our worth. And for us, our own self-value, our self-worth is so tied to the power we can demonstrate. Like, I can prove mm -hmm. this, or show you this, or I made this, or you know, look how big my muscles are, look at the car I drive. This is the career I have. This is the success I have. So the measure of a man is always about, again, this kind of demonstration or it, it reduces to a performance sometimes. Yeah. And I think for me, it's also the measure of a man can be how we serve and how we give and how we live. You know, the way that we, um, in our own lives, how we function, how we value people, how we contribute, you know. And I think when I say how we serve, like for some people that that some guys that can be kind of, you know, but it's not, that's not weakness. I think that's strength yeah. to be in service of others and of your community and your family, you know, friends. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've seen the, I've seen the measure of men sort of switch, although it hasn't really gotten out of this kind of old um, egoic paradigm. It, you know, it used to be when I was growing up, it was the sports and achievement and, you know, mm. guys that were willing to just like, go get it. If, if getting it meant, you know, women or, or lots of money or achievement and career success, that's what really made a man. I've seen it kind of change a little bit with the younger men and technology, but now it seems like the measure of a man is how smart you are. Everybody, they're all talking about, oh, he's really smart. He's really smart, which is mm. just trading out the one set for another one. Now it's just like, is he smart or is he not smart? And, and you know, you're valuable if you're really, really highly intelligent, especially in technology. And if you're not, well, then you don't have as much value is what that paradigm would say. That's a great point. I think that, you know, there was a certain point in time, and that's not necessarily past, but, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes a, a kind of measure, if you will, becomes it becomes reduced to well let's take this outside and it becomes mm -hmm. about fisticuffs but now you know we we treat connection like conflict and it's like online i think it's a great example of it's it's about you know like a intellectual fight you know yeah. it's you're showing your 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 muscle uh, as far as your brain you know and like it's like debate me culture or and and i think that it's really you know it's it's rather than 
trying to prove you're right. It's about, to me, it's about doing what's right. You know, like it's, how can we sit down and have connection and you might have an opinion. I have an opinion, but how can I learn from you? How can we grow and, you know, have a genuine conversation, but you're right. Like that's, that's a great example of kind of where it's manifest uh, for today's generation. You know, I first got aware of what you were doing. I saw that, well, I saw one of your talks and I saw that you had created the What Makes a Man conference. Um, mm. Did you do that? Was that was that one year you did that or did you do that for several years? And I guess I'm curious, what did you learn from it? Like, what did you learn about men? What were the big takeaways for you? Um, and and also, great job uh, putting yourself out there, um, putting putting your beliefs and what was in your heart out there for for men because there's a lot of people that don't do that. So you took a big risk. So congratulations. And I was just kind of curious. And what did you learn from the experience? I really appreciate that, Tony. You know, we, um, we, we, we did for them and I, and I created it and curated it. And for me, the, 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 where it came from was early into my work, you know, whatever you want to call it, like, you know, healthy masculinity and inviting men to be, to be allies and our growth as men. Early into my work, I realized that one of the big things that was missing was space for conversation. I think a lot of us as guys are really hungry to talk about this stuff, but we not, might not have the permission. We don't have the spaces where we can talk about it or the people that we can talk with, you know, and ha- ask those challenging questions, having brave conversations, you know. So I created this space, What Makes a Man, and we did it for four years, and the conference really it was a discussion focused conference. Like rather than having an expert come and kind of lecture for an hour and then there was like five minutes of Q and A, we had a five minute or a 10 minute presentation. And then we opened it up more to discussion with the audience. And I think again, the idea is like, we're all kind of experts around these conversations of what it means to be a man. We have different experiences and we can learn from each other. And um, so that's kind of where it came from. And I think that, you know, again, like we were kind of saying a bit just a while ago, I think learning how to have conversation, active listening, and learning how to share and, and to be vulnerable and what that can look like and having it modeled for you, being able to open up and dive into these conversations where it's not about being right or making a great point, just about being honest, you know, and open and, and, and asking with, with humility and listening to one another. So that's kind of, you know, where it came from. And, uh, you know, I, I, try to continue to look for spaces like that and create opportunities for that in, in talks and workshops with people, you know? So. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I lead a number of men's groups over years, you know, I, mm. I, I will start them up and we'll, we'll do them for a while. And I, I, what you're saying so resonates with me because I've never felt like I was really an expert on healthy masculinity or men's work or the conversations mm. around men. I was just willing to go in and open up a dialogue and create some rounds or some processes where men could unpack what was really going on. But there, they were so the men that are in there, and it's every man that's in there. There's never been an exemption from this. They're so wise once they start speaking from their mm-hmm. hearts, you know, and so authentic that we're all equals. There's no, you know, Tony's this, and then there's the rest of us. I've been in a bunch of them. That's the only thing that's different, um, and I'm comfortable starting them up. But um, it's it's always strikes me as so beautiful that that the men in those groups they're just they're so willing to share, and when they yeah. do, they 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 speak for all of us when they when they touch on certain issues that we've all struggled with. It's really really great. It's you know, and, and I think you know, for folks like yourself and the work you do is so critical because you help create that permission. You know, because once 
once we drop our armor as men and it takes someone modeling it because like you know if, if if we're with a bunch of guys and if one person again drops their armor and gets real and gets vulnerable and, and opens up you know talks real talk i think we all kind of go okay if you're gonna go there i'm gonna go there you exactly. know and it's, it's it's contagious and like really quickly like to kind of touch on what you said, which I think you said so eloquently, like for me, I think of it as like, you're an expert. I think you're an expert. I'd like to think I'm an expert, but I always say to people and some people don't like it, but I always say there are no teachers. They're only students. You know, right, I think right. we're all students and the life is the classroom, but like, you know, people like yourself and, and I strive to be like, remember in, back in the day where, you know, <laughs> in school, people actually had pens and paper and they took notes right now. It's all, right. I'm sure tablets and stuff, but you know, there was always that kid in class took the best notes, like had like different colored markers and made little like their own kind of diagrams and took perfect yep. notes and everyone want to borrow them. Right. So I feel like I'm trying to be that person that takes, I just take really good notes and I'm willing to That's share awesome. them with you and I'm willing to kind of read yours too and get your perspective, you know? And I think, that's that kind of humility that helps us because again, I think there's mm-hmm. someone who, you know, again, helping to model and lead by example. But uh, for me, it's that humility that keeps us in check that allows us that's to great. always be growing and learning, you know? So that's beautiful. Yeah. Really well said. I loved your Ted talk. Where, where did you do the TEDx talk at? Was that in Canada that you did that or? Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple. The one I did the ladder in manhood was at York university. Okay. Um, in the talk, you talk about the ascent or descent into manhood. And I thought I would give you a chance to just explain that ascent or descent into manhood. And then also, you also mentioned female traits or feminine traits, how they're looked on with disdain amongst many men. Um, and I've come from a background that did look on um, feminine traits with disdain. I had to grow myself out of that. And now I actively seek those traits for myself and my tribe because it's so important. But let's, let's, I guess, start with the talk. And what did you mean by ascent, descent into manhood? You know, I think, I think for a lot of us, and again, they can look different, you know, all of us have different childhoods and different, like you say, heroes journeys and Mm -hmm. that kind of pursuit of manhood. I describe that as like, at a certain point, you begin this climb to this impossible, unattainable idea of being a man that could be like from you're a boy and you go yeah. from your stuffy your teddy bear and saying i love you and big hugs to all of a sudden you're now being taught that there's a way that you need to be and you're the solution not the problem you know mm-hmm. and that you are all these different things you're stoic you're strong you don't need to ask for help you don't you got game you mm-hmm. you know all these kinds yep. of things so it's an impossible unattainable idea that we're all trying to strive towards and i think of it like the top of a ladder and we're all at different stages on that ladder so you might be if you're a black man an indigenous man you're a man with a disability you know like where are you on that ladder and you also have men who you know are, are white males and they come from uh spaces yes of advantage but there's also kind of like almost like a glass ceiling for them if you will because there's only a certain height they'll get to on that ladder and they're promised like all of us as men are promised you know the, the heights, but only some of us will attain that idea. So when you don't have access to power, and for men, like our whole value is tied to the power we demonstrate. It's our worth and self-identity. You feel powerless. And so the quickest way to kind of climb that ladder is through violence. Like whether it's kind of 
toughening up or some sort of demonstration, even just like broadening your shoulders and intimidating people all the way to the extremes of, you know, grabbing a gun. And all of a sudden you have this false sense of power. So I think we're all on that journey of trying to find who we are. And this ladder is set to fail, right? It's, it's a faulty ladder, if you will. Right. And yeah. the thing for me is I think we treat women and girls like the rungs on that ladder. They're kind mm-hmm. of our stepping stones. They're either instruments or they're kind of trophies that we acquire. But like, you know, we talked about at the beginning that bell hooks quote, this idea of wholeness, like a full idea of your humanity is yes, being assertive, but also emotional intelligence, empathy. These things are, are human traits. They're leadership traits. You know, they're values that we kind of devalue because there's something that, you know, we think is feminine or weak, you know, when it's actually strength, you know, like I think, for example, right now in the pandemic, you look at, look at women on the front lines, whether they're nurses and healthcare workers or leaders of nations, like their ability to navigate being assertive and getting shit done, but also having, you know, an empathy and understanding of how people work and how we can relate to people. These are the things that are driving us through and getting us through these, these worlds, like, you know, generational kind of challenges. So but you, you said something there, Jeff, a, a little while back where you said that, you know, we've been cultured as men to be the ones that solve the problems. In other words, handle mm. every single thing that comes your way by yourself. And this is just like, life is fucking messy. I mean, there's yeah, yeah. that you're not going to be able to handle by yourself. And I think men really pay the price with this kind of isolation where we can't talk about what's really going on with our health or with, you know, we're struggling with an addiction secretly um, or, you know, our marriage is coming unraveled or we've just got, you know, a, a shift in our career that didn't work out. I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, aging is, is a hero's journey. I mean, how do you do that with, with skill and, 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 and I don't know, they just, and then I think with men, as we get older, there's, if we're at all kind of paying attention, there is some other inner impulses that start to happen in the heart of men. And I Mm. think if you're paying attention, that's where the growth is. Um, but this whole notion that, I mean, I get men reaching out all the time to me, you know, saying, Hey, can I come into one of these groups? Can you and I have a conversation? Um, because they're tired of feeling isolated. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my, I guess one of my messages is that it's normal to go, what, what does the tribe of men have for resources for me? Because there's a lot there, but it's sort of hidden. It's not always known. You, you, maybe you grew up and, and your dad was one of those that just didn't talk about anything. And we all, well, a lot of us had dads like that, yeah. you know? So, you know, how do you, oh, you yeah. know, how do you, how do you take on the challenges that you're going to face at 30, 40, 50, 60? Um, who's going to be your allies? Um, because you're going to need some, otherwise it's going to be just a lonely ride. Right. Oh yeah. Big time. I, I describe it like, you know, we're kind of emotionally stranded on islands, you know, mm-hmm. and as you, the more and more you get older and, the less like, you know, you have your kind of spaces like maybe a college, university, or your major career, Uh, you have a role for about five or 10 years. And those are where you make a lot of your friendship or maybe your place of worship, you know, but when we don't navigate those spaces as much or less and less, and as we get older, we start to kind of drift and lose those connections. Mm -hmm. And I think it's about maintaining or learning how to build and grow relationships and I think there are people in our lives who are also trying to reach out to us, but 
they don't know how because we're, we're so distant, you know? And, yeah. and, and I think it's also us not having the tools to know how to reach out sometimes or feeling the permission that we can do that. That's why I think it's so important, you know, keep saying it to kind of model to one another that it's okay. And, you know, what you're really talking about, I think is also this conversation of self-care, right? And, um, you know, not to jump ahead. I don't know if you wanted to talk about that or not. Like I know that's Absolutely. a big, that's, it's your wheelhouse, right? It's a big part of what you do. I, I think that, Part of the challenge for us as men is because we don't have, we feminize self-care. And self-care is, is really feminized too, right? What I mean by that is, you know, the, what you think self-care is like, oh, it's like kitten videos and bubble baths and like flowers or, you know, scented candles. And that's not really what it is. Like self-care is also hard work. You know, when Absolutely. you think of like, you think of an image of a guy like leaning over his truck in in there, like working with his tools and stuff like that's, that's what self-care can look like as well. You know, it can be like getting in there and doing that hard work and having your buddy come over to the garage and helping you get in there. Like, I can't figure this out. Like, well, you know what? I've had that before. Here's what I did. You know? So I think that, I think when we do that, we can kind of, that's how we can kind of also build the relationships. Like having that relationship with yourself Mm -hmm. helps us then have that with others, you know? Yeah. We've talked about that on a number of episodes, just how, men have this almost stubborn pride in not exercising in like, you know, like I can eat whatever I want, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. and I've, I've struggled in my own self care with, I mean, I'm trying desperately right now. Like I have got to eat better. Now people would say, well, you look good for your age, but I'm like, that's not the point. The point is <laughs> I know I'm putting garbage into my body and I don't like yeah. that anymore. It seems addictive. It feels not conscious. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. like I know these foods over here, these vegetables, fruits, and real, you know, all these things are really, really good for me. And I'm re- mm-hmm. reaching for Doritos or sugar. And it's like, why, you know, what's mm-hmm, going to be mm-hmm. the process of being kind to myself, but gently shifting myself over there. Um, and I know a lot of men struggle with, you know, putting in an exercise program. Exercise is really good. There's no controversy around that statement. Like it's really good yeah. for you. But men struggle like I don't have time and and I get it, but it's 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 a particular challenge in what you said about how it's been feminized. Um, you know, almost like feeling good and being really good to myself and being kind to myself is a feminine trait. And that's really unfortunate. I hope you enjoyed our time with Jeff Pereira. We had lots of good content, so I made our interview into two parts, so look for part two coming soon. To find Jeff's excellent writing on healthy men and healthy masculinity, go to www.hireunlearning.com. And to hear his TEDx talk on masculinity, you can go to Google and search for Jeff Pereira, TEDx, The Ladder of Manhood. That's our show for today. Men, remember that the story of your life is not yet all told. I'm Tony Rezac, and thank you for listening to Basecamp for Men.